fiesta colombiana entre tambores va la luna solitaria fiesta de la Colombia in Indonesia is created and produced by the Embassy of Colombia in Indonesia with the main goal of discussing culture, trade, traditions and related topics between both countries. Welcome to a new episode of Colombia in Indonesia. We continue our journey through the historical centers of the different regions of Colombia. The turn on this episode is for Santander, a very important department because it was in this department where the revolution of the comuneros, the origin of revolt against the Spanish, back in the 1700s. When the conquistadors of the Spanish Empire arrived to this region was inhabited by several indigenous peoples who lived in the Magdalena Medio region and the higher parts of the mountains of the eastern Cordillera. The oldest town in Santander is Chipata, which was founded in 1537 by Gonzalo Jiménez de Quesada. Now we will be talking about four historical centers in the department, the first of which is El Socorro, To think of El Socorro is to remember the rebelliousness and strength of the Comunero uprising of 1781 and its precursion in the struggle for independence from the Spanish Empire. El Socorro has a great influence in the history of Colombia and in the constitution of its state due to the following events. First, it's the insurrection of the Comuneros in 1781 against the tax increase resulting from the Bourbon reforms. And the second one is the signing of the first act of independence of the country, dated 10 days before the proclamation of the act of independence in Santa Fe. Joining me today is once again Juan José, my co-host for this uh, season. Juan José, what can you tell us about the history of the El Socorro? Yes, okay, so the history of Socorro is one filled with uh, historical moments, especially in the independence dates. So Socorro was founded the June 16 of 1683, And in the following year, it was declared as a city. It was one of the main cities of the new kingdom of Granada during the colonial era and had a population of 12,000 inhabitants in the 18th century. It was the first producer of fine woods, meat, molasses, dye wood, and was a center for the production of handicrafts, cotton and fig textiles, and tobacco cultivation. In 1781, It was the main focus of the insurrection of the Comuneros that Nicolás already told us about, and in this square, Manuela Beltrán broke the king's tax edict, Manuela Beltrán being one of the figures of the Comuneros uprising and one of the women that we recognize and we remember as the, as the liberators of our, our country. Since the end of the 20th centuries and beginning the 21st century, Socorro has gradually become an epicenter of adventure, tourism, and ecotourism, from which the entire surrounding region has benefited. And this is because of not also El Socorro, but you're going to listen that in these other towns in El Santander are like really big in the adventure tourism. In this municipality has a famous citizens such as Will Manuela Beltran that I already spoke to you about and I'm going to tell you a little bit more and she was a revolutionary born in the vice royalty of New Granada whose protest against the excessive increase in taxes was a catalyst for the outbreak of the rebellion of the Comuneros in 1781. As well, 
José A. Morales, a famous folk music composer known for dedicating the song Pueblito Viejo to Socorro is one of the inhabitants or used to be one of the inhabitants of this beautiful town. And lastly, we have Virginia Gutierrez de Pineda, who is a renowned anthropologist and also who appears in the Colombia's new family of banknotes in the 10,000 bill. Following the tourism of this town, it's not only the adventurous side, but also the architectural side. First, we have the Church of Nuestra Señora del Socorro, was consolidated under a simple architecture, which gives a good account of traditional construction techniques that enhance the traditional mountainous landscape of the central Andean region. This church is classified as a minor basilica, and it is a great architectural work. It is famous for its tall structure built entirely out of stone and is the third tallest basilica in the country with a maximum height of 93 meters. And it is a really, really big construction because as it was made in stone, you can see its massive stones going really high up until the 93 meters I told you about. Inside of this church, we can see its beautiful marble floors and large stained glass windows. In addition to that, its high ceilings hold huge crystal chandeliers that enrise its living majesty. Some other sites of interest we're mentioning are Nuestra Señora de Chiquinquira Church, which is a church that began its construction in 1764 by the hands of the Spaniards. And it is a much more rustic church as most of the original elements of its construction have been preserved. Then we have the Convent of the Capuchinos. It is the first convent founded by the Capuchin Fathers in Latin America. The two floors built in stone, the wooden doors, the buried windows, typical of the colonial architecture, the corridors, rooms, and internal halls are well preserved. Finally, we have the Chapel of Santa Barbara. It is characterized by the facade in carved stone Inside there are two oil paintings with representations of the angels. Like many other Colombian towns, the predominant architecture of Socorro is colonial, with internal patios and wooden balconies. One of these houses is La Casa Berbeo, a beautiful colonial house where Captain Juan Francisco Berbeo lived during the revolution of the Comuneros. In addition to, this, to its architecture, this town is famous for its colorful and friendly people. It has a great climate to rest, practice stream sports, enjoy rural tourism, and walks in the vicinity. Heading north, about 21.8 kilometers, we reach the next town on this list, which is San Gil. So, Juan Jose, take it away. San Gil is located in the road axis between Bucaramanga and Bogota, the capital of Colombia. And it is the most important urban center in the south of the department of Santander. Bucaramanga being the first one as it is the capital of Santander. In 2004, it was designed as the tourist capital of the department because San Gil is developing touristically for being the most suitable destination in Colombia for adventure activities around the elements of water, land and air. Taking it back to its history, the territory in which it is located was one populated by the Guanes Indians. During the Colombian pre-Hispanic era, located in the department of Santander, the Guanes are a very famous indigenous population at the time. They were known 
for elongating their skulls to appear to have a larger head, and also for having different appearance to other indigenous peoples in America by having clearer skin and different color eyes like blue eyes. But what is known today as Angil was once a white village founded and inhabited by Spaniards. These settlements strengthened the colonization and settlement of the province during the colonial period, and most of the towns that we are going to talk about in Santander were used to have a control in the department over the different indigenous tribes. So moving on, we can talk about the architecture and tourism, but I think Nicolas knows more about it. All right, so San Gil is an agricultural municipality which complements its economy activity with extreme tourism, beekeeping, handicrafts carved in stone, wood, and fique weaving, among some other kinds of uh, handicraft. San Gil is also part of the network of towns that have been preserved their historic center, since with the passage of time they have maintained the balconies, street emblems, and details that represent the small town. The historic center of the municipality of San Gil is the Liberty Park and its eight surrounding blocks, where you can find emblematic corners, balconies, houses, paintings, and sculptures that are part of the heritage as well as the cuisine that identifies the region. Its architectural heritage largely preserves the Spanish colonial style, whose best expressions are the House of Culture, Luis Roncancio Becerra, the Cathedral of the Holy Cross in the main square, and the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, Juané de San Gil. The best thing about San Gil is to stroll through its streets and admire the large number of colonial houses that are preserved in very good condition and are inhabited by families who go about their daily lives. Juan José, what other things can people visit when they go to San Gil? Well, the famous structures that you can visit are, first of all, the Cathedral of San Gil, that is located in the historic center of the tourist capital, made entirely of stone with a colonial design and imposing entrance. Also, there is La Libertad Park or Liberty Park that is accompanied by exemplary fauna such as the ceiba that it's a really big tree in the center that it gives shade to the people that are escaping from the sun. Also, there is another tree called the Orejo, some palm trees along with other shrubs and low gardens which make course to the sidewalks and paths in stone work. It is a really good place to rest and be in the shade, as I told you before, and also to watch the architecture around the, this area. Also, we have the Casa de la Cultura, or Culture House, Luis Roncancio, that it's a colonial house full of artifacts of the time. So if you want to see or experience how those the people back then used to live, you should check out this place. And San Gil may be a heritage town with several ancient structures, but its municipality stands out for the string activities you can do in the outskirts. And actually San Gil is one of the biggest tourist or adventure tourist places in the whole of Santander, or well, you can say in, in, in Colombia as well, having activities such as rafting in the river, water sports, outdoor activities, bicycle tours, paragliding with certified flight guides, bungee jumping, natural rock climbing, also going inside caves, and a lot of different natural uh, attractions. 
and we're leaving from the Carrera 7th or the Street 7th to the north, you can take that road that will take you to the next town on the list, that is Barichara. All right, so Barichara, this is a very interesting one, I guess, for many of our listeners, because this is one of the towns in which Encanto, the movie uh, that Disney recently released, uh, was inspired. This municipality is popularly known for being the most beautiful town in Colombia, for which it has been awarded the title of the National Monument. But Barichara is not only known for being the most beautiful town in Colombia, but it's also known for its gastronomy, hotels, and having connection with rigs, sports, and ecotourism. Let's get into the history of the town. The history of the creation of Barichara comes from a legend. It happened at the beginning of the 18th century in the year 1702, according to the legend, when a peasant of the region met the Virgin Mary. The apparition was made on a stone where the image was clearly carved. The miracle spread and the peasants turned the rock into a place of worship. Then the inhabitants of the place decided to build a church around it. The parish erected in 1751 was initially called Bare Florence, the Vara Echada, and finally Barichara, which means place for rest in Wanean dialect. The church did not accept the existence of the image on the stone, but it's certain that the miracle can be appreciated through its history. Barichara is built on stone, its streets, houses, temples, and especially the cemetery, a place noted for its railings and windows, are built with yellowstone. Uh, why don't you tell us more about the architecture and tourism of Barichara? Yeah, well, to understand the architecture and why this town is the most beautiful town in Colombia, you also need to understand a little bit of the history of this place and it was its uh, the history of its people more to speak and this was a place that a lot of indigenous people used to go as a refuge from the Spanish or from the Spaniards mostly of the Guanes so all the people that went to live in this small town they wanted to preserve it as much as possible and they wanted to make it as beautiful as possible because it was their own town. So the historic center of Barichara was declared a national monument on the 3rd of August in 1978 on the grounds that it is a good example of informal urban development in the Andalusian style and presents a good state of preservation of the original urban layout. And that goes with what I was saying of that the people in Barichara really cares about its town and always are still constructing new houses in the same Andalusian style that it's a style that comes from Spain. Among the tourist attractions of these towns are the following. First of all, we have the Church of the Immaculate Conception that has a stone facade, uh, square towers and a dome similar of the Vatican. The interior, built in carved and polished stone, rests on the arches that in turn are supported by 10 columns, each 5 meter high and 75 centimeters thick. Also, there is the Puente Grande, that it is a colonial construction with certain resemblance to El Puente de Boyacá or the Boyacá Bridge, in whose surroundings, surroundings still exist the vestige of the horseshoe roads. Finally, we have the municipal cemetery and it, it looks like an art gallery made of stone where the wisdom and talent of the farmers 
is evident in impeccable funerary works and allegorical designs to the tastes or to the activities of those who in life enjoyed some particular activity. In Barichara, it's customary to recreate in stone images that identify the deceased buried there, either because of their profession, likings or passion. Finally, there is the Camino Real that connects Barichara and Guané, Guané being another town nearby. Historians claim that it was part of Colombia's eastern central royal road that connected the roads of Santa Fe de Bogotá, Tunja, Bucaramanga, Pamplona and Cúcuta, which forks leading to Cartagena and Venezuela. A walk through the cobblestone streets of Barichara represents a journey throughout history. The large houses in tapia pisada, bareque roofs and clay tiles and white painted walls are the testimony of the past for locals and visitors. So this uh, makes the contrast between the white houses and the brownish or clayish color streets really beautiful. Finally, we have the gastronomic experience of Barichara and the entire Guaneta provinces that includes recipes such as the Sancocho, that it's a meat stew. Uh, also, we have the carne oreada, the mute, we have the egg broth, yellow arepa, masato, guarapo, aguapanela, tamales, and exotic culonas ant. And this last one, the exotic culonas ants, are ants that are queen ants that are usually roasted or fried and eaten, and it's quite the delicacy of Santander. Continuing north and just before reaching Bucaramanga, the capital of the department, we come across the last town on this list that Nicolas is going to tell us about. That's right. So the last historic center we're going to be talking about in this episode is San Juan de Giron, better known as Giron. It's a municipality in the department of Santander, which is part of the metropolitan area of Bucaramanga. The municipality is known nationally for its old town characterized by its Spanish colonial architecture. It was founded in 1631 on the banks of the Rio de Oro. Later, due to an epidemic and a plague of locusts, the city was moved on December 30th, 1638 to the Macaregua site and established where it is today. In addition to the biological problems it had in its past, it also had legal problems growing up. At that time, this was an indigenous zone, specifically of the Yariguíes. For this reason, an urban structure that did not conflict with the natives had to be organized. In addition, it was a legal and governmental conflict between Vélez, Pamplona, and Socorro, since these three were important governmental centers of the time and did not need new competition. In the end, it ended up being a strategic point as it became a project that aimed to put an end to the Yarigui spectrum. The main purpose was to facilitate the trade route along the Magdalena River. Throughout the middle of the 18th century, the central part of the town was formed with almost the extension that it has today, achieving a considerable development in agriculture, commerce, and culture. At the end of the 17th century, there were only two towns in the old province, the city of San Juan Alcaldía, which was the capital, and the town of Bucaramanga. For its colonial architecture, it was recognized as a national monument of Colombia back in 1959. Tell us more about the architecture and tourism. 
Girón is a city with a total area of 475 square kilometers. And this indicates that not all of Girón is the historic center. To see the old architecture, you must go to the historic sector, that it is comprised of 62 hectares, characterized by colonial architecture or of the 17th century. It preserves its colonial house with white walls, brown doors and windows, white balconies, and its narrow cobblestone streets with small sidewalks, houses with eaves in its entirety, and its roofs with clay tiles. It is a really beautiful scene because the people nowadays still live in this historical area and live their own lives and some people have businesses in there so are modern businesses located in a historical town. The whole historic center is very beautiful but if you want to go to those places with history you can go to the following. First of all we have the main park of Giron. It is the most relevant icon of the municipality and it is famous for having a gypsy presence of people that will be there to tell you your fortunes and predict the future. Also, there is the Calicanto Bridge, that are six bridges in total that surround the majesty of the main park, built after the conquest era and linking the main park with the rest of the municipality. Also, there is El Parque Las Nieves, or the Nieves Park, that it has a conservative-style architecture in the best style of the Spanish colonial era. In it, it is located the traditional Capilla de las Nieves or Chapel of the Snows. And finally, we have the House Museum La Mansión de Fraile, located in front of the main park of Giron. Its architectural construction has three large patios, two floors, lime walls, beautiful balconies, board rooms of the time, showing its colonial style. Among the gastronomic traditions of the municipality, there are the popular raspaos that are made with ice, natural flavorings, honey and condensed milk. And there's also the delicious cocadas that are made with coconut, sugars and milk. Finally, we have the famous fritanga, that it's a mix of different fried foods and meats. If you are interested in tobacco in Giron, you can find very good products since this plant is the main source of income for hundreds of families in the municipality. Well, and with this, we conclude this episode of Colombia in Indonesia. We hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, I, I hope you're looking forward for the next of the of this series. We're going to try and, and find a different way to do the following episodes so we don't become so monotonous and, and you can enjoy a better experience in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to us today and thank you Juan Jose for joining me once again. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us in Facebook and Twitter at mcolindonesia. That is E-M-B-C-O-L-I-N-D-O-N-E-S-I-A and on Instagram at mcolindonesia. E-M-B-C-O-I-N-D-O-N-E-S-I-A to stay in touch with us. Please share this episode and we wait to hear from you in a brand new episode of Colombia in Indonesia. Muchas gracias. Terima kasih. Colombia in Indonesia is produced by the Embassy of Colombia in Indonesia, directed and hosted by the cultural attaché Nicolás Montoya, with co-hosting and writing by Juan José Torres. Music by Sebastián Valdivieso.